You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I might have a new favorite player, Jared Fernandez for the Ottawa Red Blacks, who is just a complete <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Cura, joined by Brazilian Ty, who uh, just woke up. Buddy, I do need to ask you, though, how's Grey Cup Fit Up going? Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough starting time with you know my birthday and a couple other birthdays that are real close. And then it always seems to land uh, close to CPCA final weekend, which is just a blatant runaway uh, for three days. But Saturday night, I did walk three miles home in my boots, and I regretted that decision <laughs> the minute I, the minute I walked out the door. Uh, my phone was dead. I couldn't get a cab. My Irish goodbye. I was done. Uh, it was a full day. <laughs> How long did the walk take? Because for somebody that's never been to Lloyd Minster, it's a it's a city of about you know thirty thirty five thousand people, and. You basically walked from the northernmost part to the southernmost part of the city. <laughs> yeah, I, I could not tell you how long it took. It felt like forever. Um, the only thing that kept me going was knowing I had leftover pizza at home from lunch. Was the sun up when you got home? No, no. But I didn't even know we were going to the truck wagons. Um, I went. We went out for supper, and... Somebody brought it up. I'm like, oh, are we going to the wagons tonight? And it was, yeah, I thought we told you. No, I didn't have a hat. I didn't have sunglasses. I didn't have a jacket. It was 12 degrees outside. <laughs> uh, you know, and and so I figured, well, 13 doubles should keep me warm. warm you up. And yeah, it, it really went downhill once uh, Colin Ray was done his set. <laughs> Let's try and get into this then. <laughs> Join to and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, the first game of the week was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beating the BC Lions 32-16. And with that, the Lions... Correct me if I'm wrong here. They've lost the season series to basically everyone except Calgary? More or less. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, I think people saw the season starting slowly for them. Um, You know, some did think they were going to come out flying and dominate. But with all the changes on the team, I think... Seeing them struggle out of the gate, at least a little bit, wouldn't have been too surprising. But no, I mean, <laughs> where we are now, I don't know if anybody saw this coming. I, 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 I didn't. Um, you know, when you have Mike Riley, just a, a, a gamer. Yep, the guy has won games 
on his own uh, in this league without a lot of help, it seems. Um, you, you kind of expected him to, I don't want to say steal a win, but, I mean, their only win came against Toronto, and it was with a rouge. Yeah. <laughs> and the the offense just has looked inept at points. And when they do get going, the defense can't make a stop. It's just one thing after another for this team, and they are in dire straits right now. Well, the Bombers got off to a quick start here. They'd been struggling with the deep pass, but they connected with Nick Dembski, uh, Chris Matthews deep. So they had things flying early on. But at halftime, it was 12-6 Winnipeg. I mean, when you're at Investors Group Field, or IG Field, sorry, um, and <laughs> it's so crazy because the initials are the exact same. <laughs> uh, but the Bombers were undefeated at home. I think trailing 12-6 at halftime, the Lions weren't too upset where they were. No, I mean, you're, you're down by a score, and, and on yeah. the road, you pretty much have the home team right where you want them. Um, you know, it's it's really a gambler's dream uh, when, <laughs> when when you're close like that. It'd be it'd be even better if you know they were up. Uh, but it, it looked like this game was going to be a slugfest. That's kind of what we thought uh, coming in, and then in the second half, Winnipeg just made made a few minor adjustments they needed to do at halftime and came out and absolutely dominated the second half. Well, that's that's the crazy part because the the Winnipeg and, offense really did nothing in the second half. It was no the defense that they they woke up. They blocked yep. a punt. Uh, Willard Jefferson dropped into coverage and picked Mike Riley mm-hmm. off. You remember this happened last year in Regina when uh, Willie picked off uh, Mike Riley when he was in Eskimo. So he uh, he seems to do okay against Mike Riley. And then it was like the floodgates opened. Um, there was a scary, there was a moment, I think it was in the fourth quarter, when Jeff Hecht got into the backfield on a blitz untouched. You you don't see that very mm-hmm. often. At least you shouldn't see that very often and just had a free shot at Mike Riley. And of course it wasn't, it wasn't dirty or anything, but man, it was a hard shot. A global yep. player, Thadric uh, Hansen for the... Uh, bombers got into the backfield and sacked Mike Riley. It's been much of the same story as we've seen up to this, this point in the season. It's it is turning into an absolute. It, it's, it's open season on Mike Riley right oh, now. Yeah, and it just does not seem like that the O line can make the adjustments. That nobody knows. I don't want to say nobody knows what they're doing. It's the wrong way to put it, but it just feels like that old line has not gelled uh and and with the with the guys they have on there I know and injuries are playing a huge part but you you cannot give up the hits they're giving to Mike forget just the sacks even if he's getting the ball away he's still taking a licking and you know if you can't keep a quarterback upright and especially when you paid over $700,000 for your quarterback uh you know, if he's not healthy, and we've, we've seen it the last couple of weeks where he's getting up, limping, and, and working through it because he's he doesn't want to give up, and I, I get it, but at some point it becomes too much, and you know they can't afford to have him go on the IR because it's going to be even worse than it is now. 
with all the quarterbacks going down, we had another one go down in this one. Mm-hmm. How is he the one still playing? <laughs> I, t- I have no idea, Travis. <laughs> like if you thought one guy would be hurt, it would be it would be Mike Riley who's just taking a pounding this year. This is reminiscent of his first year in Edmonton. I think it was 2013. When oh yeah, he was at that time. But at that time, he was a lot younger. He was in his twenties. He he was mm-hmm. probably uh, recovering a little bit quicker. I'm not knocking him for being 34. I think that's what he is now. But <laughs> when you're 27, 28, it's a little bit easier to take those lickings and get up. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the same story as the, that team in 2013. Yeah, and you cannot. At the, they've played nine games. They've given him 36 sacks. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at the amount of times that he's been knocked down outside of those sacks. Uh, there is, it, it's unbelievable that he's not. Well, I don't want to say that he's not hurt because I'm pretty sure he is. We've seen him limping around and just absolutely gutting out games when he mm-hmm. doesn't need to really. Um, well, he does because, I mean, I don't know if Daniel Bryan is going to fare much better uh, if if the O-line can't keep Mike Riley upright. I, it doesn't bode well for the backup. But he, he, the beating, he's, it's not going to – he can't do it all year. Uh, you know, right now this team looks like they could maybe win three games if, if they're lucky, and they need Mike Riley to win those games. Uh, and if you can't keep him upright, I mean, I, we, we said it when he signed – this deal that it was going to be hard to put a team in front of him that was going to be, I don't want to say able to compete, but it, you're spending so much money on that one position. You, you have to find a way to put bodies around him, and they haven't done a very good job of that this year, and it's evidenced by the 36 sacks. But, I mean, the old line when when week one rolled around, it looked this this – this O-line should be way better just by looking at the names on it. And it just hasn't happened that way. And now they're kind of handcuffed with the amount of money that they are giving Mike Riley and, and what the cap is. They, they, they could be in they could be in a little bit of trouble here for the next couple of years because I, the cap isn't going to go up that much significantly to make a huge change uh, in the roster. The Eskimos lost four of their last – no, sorry. They won – four of their last 11 games last year. So Riley goes, mm-hmm. what, four and seven to end the year. Now he's one and eight. <laughs> it has not been a good uh, little while here. The Lions have two no. more games against the West, and they've lost all seven so far. So they can basically kiss the playoffs goodbye right now. Uh, Deron Carter was playing a lot of cornerback last year could he play quarterback this year well he did he did toss up it wasn't the nicest throw i've ever seen um (laughs) it worked (laughs) it it worked uh but i mean they're coming up to a point in their schedule i mean hamilton i mean they, they they only lost by one to the to this team a week ago and the way things are going it doesn't look like it's going to improve. Montreal is hot right now. I mean, and they go back to back against Ottawa. Those are maybe the only two. Well, and then Toronto in a couple more weeks after that. Like, there's not a lot of 
opportunity left to get wins for this team, and then you end it with Edmonton, Saskatchewan, Calgary to end the year, it's going to be a tough go. I, I, I think the playoffs are entirely out of the question for this team. Um, and that it's not ideal, but, I mean, if that's the case, the, is Mike Riley – is it a good idea for Mike Riley to be playing once once they're done? Once once they are once the playoffs are entirely out of reach, which they pretty much are right now, do you risk getting Mike Riley killed back there? And 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 I I don't think like it'd have to be a pretty bad injury for him to miss time next year. But I mean it that that if you're not winning football games, that chance is there, and it I don't know if I'd be willing to take it. So if there's six games left in the year and uh, they're out of the playoffs. Do they six game them? The way things are going, they might not even need to lie about it. I don't even think he would. Yeah, that's true. He might be forced onto there if the if the game keeps up like this. Uh, The the big storyline in this game, though, was Andrew Harris and him only needing you know sixty some yards to become Mm -hmm. the most productive Canadian of all time. And he did it. He has the most yards from scrimmage that any Canadian has had in CFL history. And it doesn't really sink in until you say it out loud. We're watching one of the best of all time. 100%. Uh, and just, it seems year after year, after year he seems to be getting better. We talked about it on the last show. It He just isn't stopping. He just—he's getting better. He's putting up career numbers after career numbers. The thousand thousand is still—I mean, it's going to be tough because he didn't have any receiving yards this week. But there is that chance still um, for that to happen. And like he's to to have the most yards from scrimmage as a game puts him in some pretty elite company. And, and it kind of this feat kind of just snuck up on us, right? Like it wasn't. At the at the start of the year, it wasn't a huge a huge storyline or a huge deal, and then you know it kind of it kind of gets brought up and it's like holy crap! And you didn't we, you don't realize just how good this guy is till you look at the numbers. And I don't want to say he's un, he's unsung, but he just week in and week out the effort that he puts forth and the stats he's able to rack up are just amazing. Yeah, and you know what? He looked good uh, in this game. He didn't. <laughs> They didn't give him that. They had 14 carries, which at the end of the day, for a guy like Andrew Harris, it's not that much because he wasn't involved in the uh, passing game at, at all. So if you spent money on him on fantasy, which we like to talk about, it wasn't mm-hmm. worth it. Uh, $10,000 no. and 7.3 points. So that's a bit frustrating, but it's really cool to see him get the record. He was emotional. His offensive lineman, Jamarcus Hardrick, was there with him. And I think... Uh, Harris, he he knows that those big uh, big guys up front help him out a lot oh, getting yeah. those yards. Well, and this is it, it, it's a similar situation to Gretzky when he set the record for career points playing for the Kings against the Oilers. Matt or not Matt Nichols, sorry, Andrew Harris does it against BC. Yeah, sets 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 the record. So that that's it's just one of those things where I'm sure. It, even adds to the emotional situation because BC gave him that shot, um, got him his start, and it's just and like yeah, you said fourteen carries, 
not a lot, especially when he's not involved in the passing game and probably the, the $10,000 is not worth it uh, on, on fantasy. But I mean, he, he can do this, and then next week he could end up putting up 30 yeah. points. Yeah, I, I love right. it. So. He, he didn't play university ball. He played junior football for the Vancouver mm-hmm. Island Raiders, and Wally Buono noticed him and put him on the practice roster yep. with the Lions, and the rest is history. Yeah, well, and that just goes to show how much of a genius the godfather is. <laughs> like, you see this guy playing junior football, give him a shot, and it turns out to be the best running back, or, well, at least the best Canadian running back that we've seen uh, in the game. We have to talk about it. Uh, Matt Nichols kind of gets mm-hmm. tackled from behind and braces himself for the fall. And who knows what the injury is. Today he is going to get an MRI, but he went off the field holding his arm gingerly. I don't know if it's an elbow or a shoulder, but horrible news for the mm-hmm. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And horrible news for Matt Nichols, a guy who he can't really catch a break. You know, he, he he's had good seasons and good runs before, but he's also had rough injuries. And you know what? He's been healthy lately. Um, you remember in Edmonton, he what, broke his leg, I think, in a crossover playoff game uh, a number of years ago. But this is uh, the Bombers are uh, on top of the West Division. They won this game, but afterwards it almost felt like a loss. Yeah, it's very deflating when your number one quarterback goes down. And like you said, they didn't announce anything after the game. They were waiting for MRI and everything, so we don't know what it is. Um, but we, so we saw him go down in training camp last year with a non-contact injury, and Strevler come in and was able to win a couple games. Strevler comes into this one, and all they basically do is run. He didn't complete a pass in, in this game. It's a little disheartening. <laughs> if you're a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan, I mean, this team was picked by many to come out of the West and and win the Grey Cup. Uh, and now with QB1 going down and, and you know, relying on Chris Strevler, which he's won games for them before. Um, but that was with a lot of time playing first-team reps, uh, whether it be preseason or or during practice and early on in the year, and now he's getting thrusted into that position again. And I'm sure that it, it won't be that big of an adjustment, but he needs to play way better uh, than what he's shown so far this year. Well, yeah, he threw an interception uh, in this game, um, and he's going to need to buckle up because they're going to Edmonton. And then they've got the Rough Riders twice, and that uh, Labor Day Classic mm-hmm. and Banjo Bowl. <laughs> well, our buddy Neely... Texted me after Mike Riley, or sorry, after Matt Nichols went down and said, "Well, congratulations on winning Labor Day, but I guess we can still party." Yeah, he he did. He crushed a Wolby <laughs> burger though, so that's uh, that's good. That, that's impressive. <laughs> Everyone was really high on uh, uh, Chris Strevler. You're right because mm-hmm. he came onto the scene last year and. Uh, they lost to the Eskimos that big delayed game in week one, but it was 33-30. And then they went to Montreal and crushed them, 56-10. to And then at that point, everybody's like, oh, man, Chris Strebler, he's arrived. 
he he really has arrived and then he did kind of struggle after mm-hmm. that but i think a lot of fans see a running quarterback and they automatically assume that he's going to dominate the league strevler is a young guy he does have the benefit of having a nip Nick Dembski, a Andrew Harris, a lucky whitehead that can make a lot of things happen in the backfield. And yeah, he can run the ball himself. And Paul Lapolis, with a week of preparation, knowing that Strevler is going to be his guy, I think they're going to be able to move the ball. But the next few mm-hmm. weeks could really change what the West Division looks like by the time it's- we're in the middle of September. It is already so tough. Oh, yeah. Especially in, in the West Division. I mean, what is it? Four points separates first from fourth right now. Um, you know, Strether needs to come in and play like he did early on in the year last year when he took over the starting job. In four starts, he has 24.6 fantasy points. Uh, other than that, his career average is 9.3. And, I mean, a lot of that's coming in in, in mop-up duty or, you know, yep. short yardage. But he needs to show what he showed early on. And you know, keep this team where they are, hosting the West Final uh, right now. But for, if it's a prolonged period of time, I don't know if it's sustainable because he hasn't shown uh, a whole lot this year. And even times last year, there was there was times it didn't look pretty either. Um, you know, twelve TDs to eight interceptions in his yeah. career, fifty eight point eight percent completion rating. Uh, you need. You need to be better than that if you're going to win uh, consistently in this league. So if he's going to end, well, he obviously is going to take over starting duties if Matt Nichols is out, but he needs to play up to the level uh, of a starting quarterback. He can't, because you can't afford to squander away wins as we get into September here in a couple weeks. And we saw it with Calgary. Nick Arbuckle has been keeping Calgary kind of in it. As this year goes on without Bo Levi Mitchell, and, and sure they've fallen back a bit, but Winnipeg is sitting in an ideal position right now where they where they have the bye, and Strevler has to keep that going because the less games you have to play to get to the Grey Cup, the better. And if Matt Nichols is out, and let's say he's able to return for playoffs, that bye week could be huge getting him back on the field. You know, uh, before Nichols got hurt, I was excited to. Maybe talk about Chris Matthews, who connected on some deep plays, and they were looking at him deep, and he kind of looked like the receiver that the Bombers wanted him to be when they signed him. Uh, I know Kenny the King Lawler. uh, (laughs) Man, he caught one right at the goal line. Another one went off the goal post. There was a sure touchdown. (laughs) I was so choked watching that game. (laughs) But they might have to lean on Andrew Harris even more uh, as as Strebler gets going here. As for BC, man, uh, John White looked electric. He had over five yards of carry. Well, uh, right around five yards of carry. Lamar Durant was back on track at 108 Mm -hmm. yards, 15.8 fantasy points. Deron Carter had 9.1, and Brian Burnham had 8.6. Mike Riley, though, 5.3 fantasy points. I can't see a situation anytime soon where I'm going to be relying on him. And that's, uh, no, it sounds so weird to say considering the last four, four or five years. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, 
last year when he was at $14,000, yeah. it was easy to not put him in your lineup uh, just because the money. Now it's – and you never – like you said, it's just so weird to say that you, you cannot put Mike Riley in your lineup right now. Uh, it's like Zach Claro's last year for the Riders. You just could not put him in your lineup because you didn't know whether you were going to get 20 points or three. And right now, Mike Riley, Mike Riley is just having a rough go. Just cannot be relied on fantasy wise. And I don't want to say can't be relied on in the game because it the supporting cast he has just hasn't played well around him, and it's leading to just what looks like dismal performance. Like there's another game without a touchdown, throws a pick, uh, you know, 16 of 28 for 177 yards. Like the stat line did not look pretty for Mike, uh, and. If he like if he keeps getting hit, it's only going to get worse from here. The Eskimos go into Toronto and they get a 15 point win, 41 26. But after watching this game, where oh. James Wilder Jr. didn't play, the Argos put up a fight. I, I think you'll admit that they do not look mm-hmm. as bad as they they did earlier in the season, and they're not the worst offense in the league anymore. <laughs> I, I think that that distinction probably goes to Ottawa right now. Uh, all, mm-hmm. all of the losses that they have suffered uh, in the offseason and have done nothing to replace them. But the Argos were able to move the ball. The, the problem with Edmonton at times this season has been penalties, has been being unable to finish drives. They were able to finish the drives in this one, and Toronto Whoa. was not able to finish drives, but they were still able to uh, kick field goals, and Tyler Crepinia was uh, keeping the game close. It, it really it only separated at the end of the game when Edmonton scored a, a touchdown to put it away. So the, the 15 points is, uh, I think, a little bit more uglier than the game was. Uh, Toronto was scrappy until the very end of the game, but Trevor Harris putting up massive numbers back in a city and against a team. He used to play for 420 yards, three touchdowns. If <laughs> if you had him on your team, uh, you're, you're laughing. He cost you money, but it was worth every penny. Added 13 yards on eight rushing attempts and another two rushing touchdowns in it with 42.1 oh. fantasy wow. points. Wow. Guess who I had as my starting quarterback this week? Trevor Harris. Trevor Harris. <laughs> Bam. Now, it, you could have maybe paired him with uh, Greg Ellingson, and you could have taken uh, Eugene Lewis, and maybe taken a Brandon mm. Burks or a Reggie Bagleton. You didn't take those guys, did you? <laughs> I took Tavares Daniel, so he still got me twenty. He had a and a nice game points. too, and he could have had a lot better game. Yeah, uh, listening on the radio was a little disappointing at times. Um, and then you know I throw S.J. Green on there for twenty-two yards, eleven point two points. Uh, you know, just all around a good week for me. Um, you know, took took Andrew down a notch uh, from the S.M. Empire podcast. But then he goes and runs a half marathon and makes us look bad again. Yeah, before we even got out of bed. <laughs> it's impressive. So well done, it's, buddy. I, yeah, it's, you know, 18 months ago with a broken back to to running a half marathon 
this weekend is something to be in awe of. Um, but I mean, your fantasy performance really took a hit. Maybe you need to <laughs> to pay a little bit more attention uh, to that side. <laughs> Uh, Devaris Daniels, five catches for 155. <laughs> but that was on 11 targets. The guy could have had 300 yeah. yards. Actually, between Ellingson and Daniels, that is a team's offense. Uh, Ellingson, 10 yeah. catches for 170 and two touchdowns. Massive games. But when I pick him, you can uh, count on a cool 2.6 points. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and R- Ricky Collins comes in, eight targets, eight catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown for 21.1. Uh, you know, it was an absolute offensive outburst. Uh, like, it didn't matter who Trevor Harris was throwing. Like, Greg Allenson was targeted 14 times. Yeah. Um, you know, the Ellenson, Collins, and Daniels, if you had any one of those guys, it was a good week. Um, I would have, I mean, don't get me wrong, Greg Allenson at 39 points would have been nice compared to Vars Daniels 20. I didn't need it. But when when a guy's putting up, 10 catches, 170 yards, and two touchdowns. It's really hard to keep him out of your lineup, but the next week he could be targeted five times. Yeah, yeah. It's just, exactly. I mean, it, 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 whoever you pick is screwed. So I tend to stay away from those guys because uh, you seem to be an absolute, like, just a jinx on anybody <laughs> on this Edmonton Eskimos football team right now. It, it just happened to be one of the games where the big three receivers – all had mm-hmm. big games, and you would have been happy with having any of them. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, as for Toronto, I'm I'm wondering if Chris Rainey might start to be a guy that you want to get into your lineup a little bit. Mm-hmm. He actually had the most carries, led the team in rushing yards. He had another two catches, and, of course, Rainey is r- doing the returns as well. He's always a danger to break one. He did have a 48-yard kick return. He had the punt return yards as well. So they're starting to use Chris Rainey a little bit more. And even Brandon Burks, he had five carries for 43 yards, and he added a 27-yard receiving touchdown. So if you had him in that Mm -hmm. $2,800 in your lineup, you're happy with the return there. But... Uh, at the beginning of the year, I kind of wondered if James Wilder Jr. was going to get cut in training camp. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, where he ends up because the word is is that the Argos are shopping him and he might just end up getting let go. I, I, I don't know what they plan on doing there, but it doesn't look like a good situation for James Wilder. No, and he has underperformed. It's been underwhelming. Uh, it started last year. I mean, he had a huge, uh, I, well, I guess not huge, but a, a pretty impressive rookie campaign. Holds out a little bit, trying to get a new deal, coming into camp. And it's just he hasn't performed to up to expectations. And Brandon Burks and Chris Rainey are doing the job just fine. They're not winning football games right now, but, I mean, this team isn't, isn't going to win a lot right now uh, until the quarterback situation is figured out. But yeah, James Wilder Jr. If guys like Chris Rainey and Brandon Burks are going to perform like this, it's a pretty easy decision. If you're Jim pop to uh, move on from James Wilder Jr. 
I actually kind of think the defense let Toronto down a little bit in this one. Because a little bit. He, 26 points against the Eskimos defense is actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They, they're not easy to score points again and against. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson, man, he's added the running game to his repertoire. Mm-hmm. It, it's like teams don't even defend it. They don't expect them to do it. He had a couple 20-yard runs in this one. Yeah, he goes 19-26 for 200 yards through the air, two touchdowns, five or third, uh, five carries for 38 yards. That ended up with 19.8 points. Pretty good pretty good it fantasy is. output from him. Like, I mean, if you're going to get around 20 points and he's not what you would call one of the elite quarterbacks in this league, um, you know, it's a pretty good day. Uh, but, yeah, teams just don't like, – not going to defend the run against McLeod at the top because it doesn't happen that often. Uh but if he's going to start doing this more, teams are going to have to respect it, and that could open things up in the passing game uh, quite a bit, keeping keeping an extra guy in the box, uh, maybe as a spy or just to kind of keep contain on him. Uh, and, I mean, I, I don't want to say that they're disrespecting it, but he just he's not your typical mobile quarterback. Yeah, so I don't yeah. think it's expected. <laughs> it's not expected by defenses that McLeod Bethel-Thompson be running for first downs. And you know what? I don't think he's been – good enough. He hasn't been bad over the past couple games. I mean, he won a game against uh, Winnipeg. He hasn't been good enough to be anointed the undisputed starter, but he hasn't been bad enough to just yank it off of him. Yeah, and give it to Kalaros or give it to uh, Franklin, because I think he's healthy as well. It's almost (laughs) almost like he's a starting quarterback, but it's got an interim tag on it. Yeah, he's the interim starting quarterback. Because <laughs> we're just we're just waiting for the dominoes to fall, and you know Zach Kolaros or James Franklin to come back in and, and start a football game. Um, I mean, two hundred yards, not a great day. The two touchdowns help. The rushing helps. But if you're not winning football games, I mean, changes are going to come. Whether that's Zach Kolaros starting a game or James Franklin, or whether they decide to do like they did last year and you know run run two quarterbacks during a game i don't know but like yeah it just feels like we're waiting for a decision to be made because it they're not making the decision it's a hard decision because it just seems no matter what you're not making the right decision at quarterback because you're not winning football games what did you make of uh cory chamberlain using both of his challenges in five minutes <laughs> that's stupid <laughs> it, it just looked like they were desperate to get to the end zone and get off to a fast start. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's all it was, I think. And it came up, I believe, in the Hamilton Ottawa game as well, where if you're going to challenge in the first half, it has to be for points. You can't right. just throw a challenge for pass interference to move the ball down the field. You have to do it when points are when when it's going to put points on the board. And Corey Chamberlain used up both of his challenges. And I texted him, I'm like, what is he doing right now? Like, they're pass interference calls. And they don't they, – they got nothing out of them, basically. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it, 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 was, it was very peculiar, we'll say. And, I, you know, I expect those questionable decisions from the guy on the – well, I guess same sideline, but down the sideline from Corey Chamberlain. I didn't <laughs> expect it to be Corey to challenge two calls like that. This I like that one. 
<laughs> uh, we will get to that Hamilton and Ottawa game. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, it's super easy to to switch in this province. You get to choose who you buy your energy from. So if you switch retailers, nothing changes about the delivery of electricity or natural gas to your home or business. If you do have a contract, probably good to check out the, the terms for leaving. But if you don't, then it's even easier to sign up for Park Power. You can go on their website, parkpower.ca. You can Plop in what you're paying for your energy now. You'll find up how, find out how much you're going to save, and then you can make the switch and uh, support local here in Alberta. The choice is yours, and there's a better deal available to you with Park Power at parkpower.ca. Speaking of speaking of energy costs, yes. So remember my power bill with the credit. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I got my gas bill, and my furnace hasn't been turned on since April. So I haven't been using any gas. Gas bill comes in $248. I'm like, oh, my God, what, what is going on? And I look, there's a CR on it. So now I've <laughs> trained myself to look for that. So I don't have to pay energy. I won't have to pay a bill for like three months. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in my life right now, but it is a complete disaster. Uh, the Ticats beat the Red Blacks 21-7. to 7. I was so excited for Simone Lawrence being mic'd up, and it clearly was in his head. Mm -hmm. And he admitted it after halftime. He acted like he was Jason Moss. (laughs) And it's the same thing going on Hard Knocks right now, uh, where they follow an NFL team around for training camp and... You know, guys are completely different. They're all raw, raw, raw when the cameras are around, and the but the coach has the coach isn't the raw, raw guy and doesn't say anything when the cameras aren't there. So you know, <laughs> it cha- it cha- it changes people. And Simone knowing that he has a mic on is maybe you know, it's definitely going to change uh, the way he goes about certain certain discussions uh, <laughs> that he has on the field. I loved what he said. He- <laughs> After halftime, he was like, the police are listening and I'm telling them nothing or something like that. Yeah. Not, I'm not discussing my day. Yeah. <laughs> I might have a new favorite player, Jared Fernandez for the Ottawa Red Blacks, who is just a complete <laughs> on the field. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, I CRTC is going to be all over us. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong though. Oh, you're you're 100 percent right. Like, um, I'm like I love this guy. Yeah, he's the CFL's version of Sean Avery, <laughs> and I am I am I am here for it. Well, the Ottawa Redblacks, and this is why I say they have the worst offense in the league because their defense did everything. They could mm-hmm. to keep them in this game. And when you hold Brandon Banks, Brandon Banks, to 22 yards, he had 24 yards receiving on two catches and minus two <laughs> when he was carrying the ball. He wasn't even in the top five for Hamilton players fantasy-wise. It's insane. 
Yeah, r- absolutely ridiculous. And some of it's on him. He he had some uncharacteristic uh, drops mm-hmm. in this one. But th- sometimes the game plan, I thought, for Hamilton was a bit weird because, man, they were almost using Braylon Addison as a bit of a, a hybrid, as a fantasy guy. You, you want to see this because they gave him five carries. He, he got mm-hmm. 16 yards there. He had eight catches for 100 yards. But Cam Marshall had 12 carries for 92 yards, 7.7 yards a carry. If they gave him the ball eight more times, he could add 150 yards. He was dominating Ottawa right now, yeah. and I thought they could have given him the ball even more. 100%. The only issue is that they didn't get up big until late in the game. Uh, I mean, so you're trying to, to move the ball and I mean, at seven, at over seven yards of carry, there's no reason not to. But you you don't want to start grinding the game out when you're up by four. Uh, <laughs> it, it it makes it real tough uh, to to keep guys fresh and and help. maybe Cameron Marshall's wheelhouse right now is that twelve to fifteen carries. Maybe that's where he's the most effective. I don't know. Uh, but like I said, Braylon Addison, eight of ten for hundred yards, nineteen point six points. He was Hamilton's number one guy when it comes to fantasy. Cameron Marshall, the number four at ten point eight. Uh, you know, but yeah, if they were to, if he were to run the ball like twenty more or eight more times to get up to twenty carries, who knows what this number would have been at? Uh, you know, we probably would have added a touchdown and it had an absolutely dominating performance. Not that he wasn't already at twelve twelve for ninety two. Is get you don't see those numbers very often. No, uh, they got Luke Tasker involved in this one. Six catches mm-hmm. for eighty three yards. Uh, and I just watched the four falls of Buffalo like the day the night before. <laughs> so it was perfect. Did you know that Steve Tasker's his dad? No, that was that was news to me. Oh my god! Yeah, wow, breaking news. Eh? <laughs> Jalen yep. Acklin even had a touchdown in this one. <laughs> uh, three catches, forty six yards. As for Ottawa. Hey, hope, this is exactly what the fans wanted. <laughs> Dominic I'm, Davis. I'm, I am not letting this go. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to hang on to this. This, to the this is the hill I am die. going to die on. <laughs> Dom Davis, 20 of 40. Mm-hmm. Why not give the ball to Madu more? That's why a, that's why a sit great John question. Crockett? Uh, you know what? I don't want to wish that a guy's hurt. But I hope he's hurt because why would he not play in this game? One hundred percent. He has been uh, a ra- a ray of sunshine for this team. It seems uh, when he gets in, he's he's producing, and you know to leave him off the roster. I'm hoping that there is a reason other than they just scratched him to get Madu more time. I don't know, uh, but if he's hurt, then the decision is definitely yeah, defendable. But right now, it it doesn't make any sense. Dom Rhymes, 13 mm-hmm. targets, <laughs> only five yeah. catches and 73 yards. A lot of it is on his quarterback. Oh, 100%. Um, it, it, and I mean, the options are pretty slim in Ottawa, whether it's Dominic Davis or Jonathan Jennings throwing the ball right now. It, nothing seems to be going right. Uh, Caleb Hawley, Goes five of seven for eighty-three yards. He was the leading point getter at thirteen point three. Dominic Ryan still able to put up twelve point three, but thirteen targets. Uh, I mean, it's not all on him. You know, eight incompletions when you throw the ball his way. Uh, you know, not all ideal 
or optimal catch opportunities, but you do have to help out your quarterback a little bit. So, I mean, it is a little bit on him, but Dominique Davis is not uh, is setting this team up for success right now, whether it's through the air. Or he only had four, four rushes for 14 yards, and we expected a little bit more of that, I think, uh, from Dom Davis coming into the year, thinking he was a little more mobile. Um, it's just nothing's going right, but apparently he's a better option than Trevor Harris. So, I mean, they got that going for them. I don't know how he did what he did against Saskatchewan in week two. <laughs> I t- man. <laughs> Everybody gets one. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only way I could think that that's the only, that's the only, the only thing that it could possibly be is just, that's the outlier. Yeah, you know, I, I will say about this game, while it was a low-scoring game, there wasn't a touchdown, what was it, 4-1 at halftime or something like that? Um, yeah. It was 1-1 it one, one at one point. Yeah, it wasn't hard to watch because the, no. the def- defenses were actually making plays, and they mm-hmm. were hitting hard. Yep. So, I mean, the yep. offenses were in a tough spot. And for and, Hamilton... Chaffee kind of got screwed. Okay, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> uh, Hamilton is going to be in tough. Big Teddy Laurent leaves the game, mm-hmm. and Adrian Tracy got hurt as well. So, and we we heard that Westerman is not going to be able to play this year on the D line either. So, there's a little bit of chinks in the armor on the Ticat defensive line. But uh, yeah, another big storyline in this game was uh, those challenges as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's. The the refing this weekend was suboptimal. I think I think I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a couple interesting uh, calls in this one. A couple yeah. interesting reviews. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> Rick Campbell, he he said it on the live mic. He just threw the flag with a hope and a prayer, and was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which says a lot. <laughs> um, but Lewis Ward, his streak comes to an end at <laughs> 69 consecutive field goals. You will never con- – I tweeted this out, but you will never convince me that he didn't miss that on purpose. With all the 50-yarders he's made and he misses a 31-yarder? I mean, look at look at the number he was at. Like, I, I would have missed that on purpose. If you want to believe in one conspiracy theory in the league this year, this is the one to believe. Because <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> but the last, the, the the record was Adam Vinatieri at 44 consecutive field goals, and he beats it by 25. Yeah. Uh, there's a long way to go for guys to, to, <laughs> to catch this record. And I, I don't know, it, like... I didn't think it was even possible. Forty-four was even going to be possible, right? And you know, he has shown us that like, he only missed one kick last year. This could be the one he misses this year. He might only miss one a year for his career. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> right? So that, that's what I'm banking on. Let's go to the last game of the week, and I think cool. we could do an entire podcast on this one. Um, like, the- <laughs> how does Don Jackson not go into concussion protocol before kickoff? Oh my God! Okay, Montreal beats Calgary forty <laughs> to thirty-four in overtime. Double and I, overtime. 
Oh, yes. And I heard them slamming uh, Don Jackson for getting in a fight without his helmet. But what about the guys punching a guy without a helmet while wearing one? What does that say about him? I'm I'm okay with it. Oh. No. If you're going to be throwing a punch while you're wearing the armor, I think that says a lot about you, man. It, 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 emotions took over and he threw a punch. Um, I mean, I'm surprised that guys weren't kicked out of the game before the game even started. Yeah, I think when, when guys that aren't playing or fighting, that's pretty lowbrow too. The, the issue I had, and it's the same issue that I believe Matt Dunnigan had was the guys in civvies. Why are they out there? Absolutely. Because that's how this whole thing started. And there's no reason for them to even be out there. Was it McManus? And yep, yep. was it Tommy Campbell? Yep. And that's what started at half, I mean, or at midfield. I think, I, I don't want to say a rule change is going to come, but I mean, I think that the league office and, and the war room are going to be looking a little more closely at warm-ups now and just making sure that teams are going, I don't know if, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, you have to stay inside your 45-yard line and leave that leave that neutral zone, and it's only going to be coaches because they this is this is not a good look. Uh, I mean, it's it's fun. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to deny guys that. Throw, yeah, it was it was unreal. But I mean, you can't have guys <laughs> throwing punches before the game. Uh, it's just not a good look. Uh, you know, when we have the whole head injury, brain trauma, CTE thing uh, going on behind the scenes. The Patrick Levels, Siante Evans, Tommy Campbell factor was mm-hmm. basically hyped going into this one, and the fireworks started before the game, and it did carry over into the first oh, half. Yeah. When man, I I was starting to think if the if the you know the the refs are going to lose control of this one, and I think they they did a good job of reining him in because in the second half. Both teams just got back to business and started playing football. Oh, 100%. It, it, it kind of calmed down. They got into the flow of the game. and it, I mean, there was little spurts here and there where, you know, Don Jackson would, would lower, his, lower, and lower his head and try to... He's always been like, like that. <laughs> trying, to, trying to truck a guy, and then, you know, the, but the guy would get him, get the better of him, and they'd kind of stand up and get face-to-face, and there was a little bit of that. It not, never really exceeded that point after the... After everything that happened pregame, so it was kind of like it felt like a playoff hockey game where there's always a scrum after the whistle. Yeah, exactly. It takes takes four and a half hours to play. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, guys played this on both sides. Played this game pissed off, and it made it so much fun to watch. Um, Nick Arbuckle, thirty-one of thirty-six for three seventy and four touchdowns. You you Mm -hmm. can't really fault what the Calgary Stampeders did on offense here. Uh, They did a lot. Reggie Bagleton was an absolute monster. Eight catches, Mm -hmm. 173 yards, four touchdowns. That has to be the highest score of the week. It definitely is, yes. (laughs) 49.3 points. Far and away. Like, if you started Trevor Harris, Reggie Bagleton... And let's say Greg Ellingson and nobody else, 
<laughs> you would have had a yeah, nice 120 points, and you would have been happy uh, with like, what you did. Greg, Greg Ellison put up 39 points, and it looked like this is going to be far and away. Yeah. Like, far and away, the, the high score, and Reggie Bagleton comes out on Saturday and beats it by 10.3. And they are really... They just get the ball in his hands and let him do what he do mm-hmm. what he does. Sometimes they do hit him uh, deep in stride, and he just finishes uh, the play. Like there yeah. were a couple times in Montreal, just left him all alone. But they have Reggie coming out of the uh, uh, backfield with the ball, running screens with him. They do everything yeah. with him, and he just makes it happen. There was no other Stampeder receiver that had over fifty yards. So <laughs> no, it was it was a really a one man show for the Calgary <laughs> offense. Uh, Don Jackson is back, and I think this is what we expected from him to start the year. He had to leave the game a little bit, but thirteen carries, seventy seven yards, and he also had six catches for twenty eight yards as well. If he adds a touchdown in there, you're really happy with what you get mm-hmm. on the fantasy side of things. But for Montreal. 50 pass attempts for Vernon Adams Jr. He throws two interceptions, which does need to be cleaned up. If uh, that doesn't happen, the Owls, maybe they win this game in regulation, but they really didn't do anything till about a minute 15 left. Uh, he did throw yeah. two touchdowns, and uh, Jeremiah Johnson had a 100-yard game as well. So they have depth at running back, and Vernon Adams, he just... It, it has changed this team when they finally gave him the the starting job. I know it's mm-hmm. because of uh, Pipkin getting hurt. And you know what? He admitted it uh, in one of those interviews they showed during the game where he thought he was going to come to the CFL, dominate, and just go right back down south. And he put the time in. He learned for some, from some really good starting quarterbacks, Kevin Glenn being one of them, who, by the way, was called by Winnipeg, and he already did shut them down. He's not coming out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> but Vernon Adams, he, he's he got to be on track to maybe be the East Division's MOP. I would, yeah. I mean, I don't know who else right now in the East unless – Brandon Banks goes absolutely that's, insane and in that's the second possible. half of the season. <laughs> oh, it's 100% possible. Uh, but yeah, right now, Vernon Adams Jr. is almost turning into a must-start when it comes to fantasy. Uh, and, you know, it was a little tough to pick him. I mean, you look at Calgary, they got Trey Roberson. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's like, oh, man, I don't know if he's going to be able to put up the numbers. He just, you know, comes out with a, with a 35.4-point performance and... The two rushing touchdowns, too. The yeah. two rushing touchdowns are huge. But, I mean, it just looked like he couldn't be stopped when, when in, late in the game anyways. Eugene Lewis had a massive game, 10 catches, 114 yards in a touchdown. And that catch that he made on Trey Roberson on the two-point conversion was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And Devere Posey has his biggest game as a Montreal Alouette since coming last year. Uh, 10 catches, 181 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but he had a long, beautiful 58-yarder that Vernon Adams hit him in stride for. Yep. And he's still relatively cheap. If 
he stays healthy, and it seems like they finally got him involved in this offense with no uh, B.J. Cunningham, he could bring bring some returns as soon as next week against Toronto. Oh, for sure. And like when B.J. went down, that's a big, a, a big hole to fill based on, on the fact that he can stretch the field. And now, you know, Devere Posey healthy. Eugene Lewis comes in with 16 targets, 10 catches, touchdown, a two-point convert for 29.4. You know, the receivers in this game this week, they showed that, you know, yeah, sure, BJ goes down, but the depth is there at the position for Montreal right now. And if if these guys that are, other than BJ Cunningham being out, if these guys stay healthy, uh, Vernon Adams Jr. could keep putting up numbers like this quite easily. Jake Winicky is even, uh, mm-hmm. I think, underrated. Five catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, I, I don't know if enough can be said about uh, Kahari Jones because if this is Mike Sherman's team, they are not in this position. Oh, God, no. There is not even a chance that that happens. They love Kahari Jones and... They even said mm-hmm. it on the broadcast that Farhan said it, that Kahari, while he was the guy in uh, BC, sometimes Wally would come and change the game plan uh, a little bit. He's able to he, – he's got a lot on his plate right now. He's, he's almost like the Chris Jones of Montreal right now. They're completely different guys, so don't get your hair up in your arms over that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to – you don't not speak ill of Kahari Jones like that. <laughs> His post-game how, speeches. How dare you. <laughs> the, the, the guys just want to play for him. I. Yeah. This is a fun team. It's They are, you know, appointment television right now for CFL f- fans. Uh, they're so fun to watch. Uh, it seems Vernon Adams puts on a show week in and week out that the receivers are there. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson or when William Stanback's healthy, they can do a lot of damage out of the backfield. They're sitting in second place right now. I mean, Hamilton has a little bit of a cushion uh, on on first. So, I mean, I think they're playing for second to host that East Semi, which when I, when I said this during the Stanley Cup Finals to you, you called me crazy. Because Mike Sherman still had a job, but <laughs> <laughs> the personnel that, that that they have put together on the defensive side of the ball, and now you know they have a bona fide starter in Vernon Adams Jr. as he's proven. The receivers are there. That defense right now, I know they gave up 34 points in this one, um, but the the guys that are there, uh, you know, just the, these are guys that have proven in this league that they can play. Uh, this team right now is just they're firing on all cylinders and I mean you, to go into Calgary and win right now I but know they it's Nick Arbuckle and it's, yeah <laughs> I know it's Nick Arbuckle and not Bully by Mitchell but that team is still the Calgary Stampeders and there's still the mountain you got to get over uh in this league like I mean they are they are defending great cup champions to, to be the man you got to beat the man in Montreal walking to Calgary granted it took them till you know, 58 minutes into the game to decide that they were going to win this one. Uh, but they come out of there with a W, and it, it's huge if you're the Montreal Alouettes. I know it wasn't Bo Mitchell, but what else could have Arbuckle done? He had, he had the perfect passer efficiency. He, yeah. <laughs> he, did. he only threw five incompletions. Yeah, he, he did absolutely everything in his power yeah. to win this game. What lost this game for Calgary was uh, penalties. 13 yeah. for 141. 
they doing their best Eskimos impression. Yep, they helped Montreal drive down the field those last two possessions to score 11 points in the last, you know, 80 seconds of the game with roughing the passers. Which and, okay, that one where Vernon Adams was tapping the back of his head after after a play, and I can't remember who somebody was hurt. I can't remember who it was. He's down the field, and Vernon Adams was basically yelling at Kim Murphy about this. Ten minutes later, they announce a penalty, and there was no flag. And no Dustin Nielsen even said. Dustin Nielsen even said it on the broadcast that that call did not come from the command center. They were told that was Kim Murphy making that call. <laughs> so I have. I have no idea what the hell happened on that play. It was right in front of him. Didn't throw the flag and took that long to announce a penalty. That seems a little fishy. That was kind of bizarre. And yeah, I guess if there's another conspiracy theory you want to believe, this team is owned by the Canadian Football League. Oh, boy. <laughs> we should do a CFL Conspiracies podcast. <laughs> we oh. like At some point, I have to go back to work. <laughs> it would be our biggest podcast ever. I guarantee it. <laughs> We'd have to do like a roundtable, though. Yeah, I, I agree. Get the tinfoil hats out. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> but you know what? I really oh, love... Who's spying on you, Bart? Who else? Major League Baseball. <laughs> you know what I really loved about that Alouette's last touchdown drive to put them down by four, no, five, Three. five before the uh, two-point conversion. Oh, yeah, okay, um, yeah. Hashtag math. They used the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. They had no fear. And to me, that showed to me that Vernon Adams has learned the Canadian game. Mike Sherman would have not called plays like that. But Kahari Mike Sherman Jones, probably would have kept running the ball. <laughs> Kahari Jones know how, knows how the clock works. They were using the middle of the field. You're not going to see that working in the NFL. That nope. drive does not work there. They didn't use the sidelines at all and just rocketed down the field and put the ball in the end zone. And that was one of the only in the mm-hmm. CFL uh, drives you will see with, you know, a minute 15 left. It was awesome. Like just the cojones oh, on yeah. Fernand Adams Jr. and Kahari Jones to make those play calls and execute it like that. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, and recovering that onside kick. I mean, this game was something else. Uh, you- Eugene Lewis was everywhere. Yeah, he was. <laughs> like well, that that overtime and another thing I'll say about overtime is a lot of times the teams feel the pressure and they won't rush the ball. But they yeah. did here. There's no play clock. Just do what you do. Uh Calgary had success running the ball. So did Montreal in that overtime, but it has to be talked about. That- okay, so there is a play clock. There's no game clock. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's no game clock. But another delay of game on a kickoff. That's two this year now <sighs> on that onside kick. I thought I thought that was the game. And I know. I, I I'm like, over. here we go. They're not going to recover from this. But And Suter said that one was a bad call. I Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. I didn't know what was going on there. Um, Eric Rogers. I thought it was oh, a catch. Oh, you're gonna, 
It no, his right foot comes down out of bounds before the left foot drags. So was his left foot like it was up in a the air. millimeter? It was off. Off. The it was turf? off the turf. You can see it. it when they showed the replay. It would be because the pebbles don't fly until his right foot yeah. is out of bounds. It would. It would be from his left, looking like so from Eric Rogers' left because he's well, yeah, yeah, like running downfield. The one angle shows his foot is on the like his toe is on the ground, and then it lifts. He makes the catch, and then you see his foot hit again. Like you can see a distinct motion, and it's not much. Like it's maybe an inch, but that left foot or that right foot comes down first out of bounds. So I I totally agree with the call, but it's super close. That was unbelievable. I mean, there yeah. was some conspiracy in this game, but uh, that's probably now the game of the year. Does that top the Calgary BC one? Ooh, I think so. Just because Calgary lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a it was a fun week ten. Who are the top fantasy performers? I think we've talked about them all, but uh, uh, basically, yeah, uh, Trevor Harris. 42.1, Vernon Adams Jr., 35.4, Nick Arbuckle, 31.6. So, I mean, two of the top three are in the same game. Uh, so they were just chucking, throwing the lights out, really. Yeah. Um, running backs, Jeremiah Johnson, 16.9, Don Jackson, 16.5. So, again, same game. John White came in at 13.1. Wide receivers, it's kind of crazy this week. Reggie Bagleton, 49.3, Greg Ellison, 39, Eugene Lewis, 29.4, Devere Posey, 28.1, and Ricky Collins Jr., 21.1. Um, he had three guys in the top five wide receivers in the same game. <laughs> uh, and then two two Eskimo receivers. Like This week, there were some gaudy numbers put up, and it was lots of fun to watch. The refing needed, uh, you know, that left a little something to be desired. But uh, all these games, I mean, yeah, Edmonton won by – by 15, but it was a lot closer than that in every other game. Uh, it it was it was it was there were some really good games and and you know one game where you know Winnipeg kind of pulled away and you kind of didn't expect much from BC, but uh, really fun week in the CFL for sure. Yeah, and two of those receivers working on that Calgary secondary. <laughs> that which uh... yeah, that's um, there was one, two, three, four, five, six guys. From the Montreal Calgary game in the top ten, that's awesome for fantasy points this week. Oh, it was a fun week. Now uh, breathe deeply because uh, week eleven is going to get cranked up, and then we have Labor Day, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Check out albertapodcastnetwork.com to see all of the great shows. How about the epic podcast, Emergency Preparedness in Canada? It is hosted by Dr. Josh Bazanson and Grayson uh, Cockett. It's an educational podcast aimed at emergency managers of all levels. So the last podcast, they were talking about uh, 72-hour kits. You need to get out of there. They have a debate about that. And beating the heat, understanding some heat emergencies. It's been crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> in the East Coast when it comes to heat. Not so much in Alberta. <laughs> yeah, when, when is summer supposed to start? Hey, I am not going to complain about it. No, at God, all. no. Actually, the it's hot- twenty-five. <laughs> it's twenty-five in my condo right now because it's it's not very humid. It's cool enough outside. It's comfortable. 
Actually, the hottest football game I've ever been to, I think, was in September. So, (laughs) I I remember I took my dad to his first game at Taylor Field. We sat on the east side. It was against the BC Lions. We cooked in the sun, baked, and the Riders lost thirty-eight to three. (laughs) Totally worth it then. (laughs) Yeah, totally worth the twelve-hour drive. Also, if you need games or tickets for anything, SeatGiant.ca. Actually, my brother just went to SeatGiant.ca, bought a pair of tickets to the Labor Day Classic in Regina. So he'll be joining us there as well. He went to SeatGiant. Oh, dear God. (laughs) SeatGiant.ca. Use the promo code APN. You're going to save 5% and support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. Winnipeg, Edmonton. Friday night football. That is going to be a big one. You got tickets there at seatgiant.ca. We got wrestling coming to Alberta next month. Head to the website, Canadian Dollars, Canadian owned and operated. Save money and support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. We will be back to talk week 11 on Thursday morning. There's no more Thursday night football tie. <laughs> right away, the weather's going to get colder and we're going to be in Calgary in no time. And absolutely hating my decision to uh, you know, be entirely hungover for the entirety of Grey Cup Week again, I'm sure. We were both winners in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge with Ty beating Empire Andrew. I beat Brian from BC Lions then, luckily by like six points. It was, it was another close one. Great review. Subscribe on any podcatcher there is and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.